Um, I'm Rachel, school psychologist from Maryland. Right now, I'm actually in Virginia, though, with my family. We went um, cave exploring with my little ones. So um, I've got the lovely uh, hotel room decor and curtains and colors and stuff in my background. But I'm really happy to be here. I'm going back to school as of uh, Tuesday. The kids are coming back, at least. Um, so really excited to be starting off the school year. And I'm hoping that everybody else is either has who has already started, maybe is having a good school year and is off to a good start or you know is all prepped and, and ready and excited for the school year to begin so um, I know that uh, tonight um, we're going to introduce our guest in a little bit but I just wanted to say that I know Dr. Maloney from um, the communications committee which Rebecca and Eric kind of dragged me into and that she's so awesome and so we're so excited oh, to have her and um, that she's also worked when we do the NASP like Twitter chats for small week. She's also been involved with that and has just been a great team player and really supportive and just a very Thank positive you. person. So <laughs> we're um, it's a good topic tonight. And um, but anyways, I'm going to stop my my rambling. Um, oh, one more thing, um, because we talked last time about we tried broadcasting to Facebook last uh, episode. This episode, we're broadcasting through that same kind of um, middleman uh, streaming service, but we're broadcasting to YouTube through them. So uh, let us know if you have a preference, if this is a better format than last time we broadcast or um, or if you like Facebook Live. So maybe we'll put out a poll or something, but try and see if there's any uh, preference there. So anyways, I'm gonna pass it over to Rebecca who's gonna tell you how to participate tonight. Rebecca. Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca. I'm a school psychologist working in the state of Connecticut. And I also know Dr. Maloney from the NASP Communication Committee. And she is uh, just such a wise, experienced, kind, and compassionate person. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that also because when I started on the committee, I was very early in my career and she is She's such a great school psychologist that she was even supportive and helpful and, and, and kind with me. And, and I felt like she was my school psychologist. So I'm really excited for you all to get to know her a little tonight um, on how to participate. So if you are watching us live, please feel free to comment. Log on to YouTube and comment right alongside the video. Uh, we will be looking for comments there. You can also, um, if you're watching live or not live, you can also comment on YouTube using the hashtag uh, Podcast. We, You will notice that we now have our very own dedicated Twitter account. The Psyched Podcast is at PodcastPsyched on Twitter. Um, again, using the hashtag PsychPodcast, I will find you there. And you can also comment comments in messages on the school site podcast page on Facebook or in comments under tonight's episode post or on school site your school psychologist so a lot of ways to get involved we really um, enjoy the collaborative discussion and the conversation and your feedback so let us know um, what you're thinking at, if you're watching live or not and also please rate and like us uh, however you listen on iTunes Stitcher uh, Podbean, all the ways that people are listening to the podcast. Let us know what you think. We value your feedback and we really appreciate it. So now I'm going to hand it off to Eric. Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Well, I'm excited for our new season kickoff and our friend, oh. as uh, Rachel and Rebecca have said, Dr. Terry Maloney is a friend of all three of ours. We work together on the communications committee and she is a uh, 
school psychologist in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where she's spearheaded several initiatives in her school, including positive behavior supports and a positive psychology club for fifth graders. Dr. Maloney has been a leader for NASP, having previously served as a New Jersey delegate uh, for NASP and a member of the executive council, coordinator for NASP's positive psychology special interest group, and is currently a member of our communications committee, as we previously mentioned. In addition, she's written several articles for the communique on various topics over the past years. She's been a prepare trainer for 12 years and has participated in several crisis interventions in her large school district. In addition to being an adjunct faculty member in the school psychology and assessment supervisor and an assessment supervisor for the clinical psychology programs at PCOM, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Terry has also presented nationally on various topics, including reading, crisis intervention and prevention, counseling techniques, positive psychology, motivational interviewing, and mindfulness. She was honored to be selected by NASP as the 2014 National School Psychologist of the Year, which is fantastic. <laughs> and she fuses positive psychology into her everyday activities and practices. And I would like to add that Rebecca and I were able to see Dr. Maloney this summer speak at NASP in Hartford for the summer convention. And she talked about positive psychology and motivational interviewing. And it was just fantastic to sit and listen to her down to earth style and really so much wisdom and knowledge. And uh, she just imparts it in a very friendly and uh, kind way. So. Um, Terry, we would love to hear about what you're doing with positive psychology and maybe even some of the groups you're doing and how you're infusing that into your everyday practice. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say thanks to you guys. Um, you, you, I have to give you guys kudos. You are such leaders in the profession, too, starting these podcasts. You've been doing it for a while now and just think about how all the professional development you're offering to everybody throughout the country. Amazing. And I just have to say that I personally have, have, have grown and learned from, from each of you. So thank you so much. You guys are inspirations to me, honestly. And being like a non-techie person, you always help me with these, with the technology. So I really thank you for that. <laughs> and, and thanks for inviting me to be here tonight. I love to spread the word. I love to talk about positive psychology. And um, this, is, this is just really exciting for me. Um, I've never done one of these kinds of uh, podcast webinars or whatever, and uh, I'm excited and nervous. But um, let's see. I guess, do you want me to start off by talking about how I got into positive psychology or some of the, the beginning? Sure parts of it because I think it's really interesting that at this point positive psychology has just like blossomed you know it's really it's all over the place a lot of people know about it and um, when you go to the NAST convention you and you look in that giant book of catalog or you guys look at it online I'm sure right um, there's there's a whole big section now about positive psychology topics and um, I'm old enough that I could see the whole evolution of that uh, happening. And I, I was trying to find out today what the first year was that um, we, were, we were doing um, presentations in positive psychology. And I'm thinking it was like in the early um, 2000s. I think Martin Seligman was the keynote um, for NASP, the NASP convention that one year. And I just coincidentally was doing a presentation on his uh, uh, 
the child, what is it? The optimistic child. And I called my first presentation, optimistic teachers, optimistic classrooms. And I was doing a lot of reading about positive psychology. I was, I was getting my um, doctorate at um, PCOM and I was, I was keep kept on changing my dissertation topic. And then I was like, oh my God, goodness, why would I do my dissertation on something depressing and boring? I'm going to do it on positive psychology. And it was just so much fun because as I read about positive psychology, I was like, hmm, this is how I really think. Like this just kind of is, is, is how I approach the world. And I know from conversations with Rebecca that you kind of share that too, right, Rebecca? I, were you going to say something? Yeah, uh, she's muted. I'm sorry. Um, I know. I was checking for everybody's comments, but um, I, yes, absolutely. I, I, I have such an interest in positive psychology because I just like the shift in how we're looking at at people and kids especially that we're looking for strengths and we're looking for what's working well and we're looking for how to how to be um as healthy and as well as we can so yeah i share i share the interest Absolutely. and i share a love for dr seligman for sure yeah and you have a lot of knowledge about that too but you know so i so i i did my dissertation on it and part of my dissertation was doing presentations for parents and teachers and teaching them some skills in positive psychology and then that kind of evolved into, I, I, there was the research was there for adults, like what you could do with adults to teach them strategies of positive psychology. So I always had interns and we tried to like, I say, kidify the clinical research with adults. And so develop some activities for kids to use in school. And, um, and I wanna talk about those a little bit, but I just wanna kind of share a story too um, that it kind of happened when I, um, when I would do presentations, a lot of times people would ask questions like, um, you know, can you really use positive psychology when you have a real problem in front of you? Um, or is it just sort of ignoring problems and thinking cheery thoughts and kind of like being a cheerleader? Um, supposing you have like a really big problem, how can you use positive psychology then? And I always felt like I gave like a simplistic answer. And, you know, people who practice positive psychology really have had bad things happen to them in their lives. Um, so probably they have used the strategies um, to get past those problems. But um, something happened in 2014 and 15 for me that um, really made me get become stronger in my positive psychology thinking and beliefs. But actually made me initially, I felt like I was a, a positive psychology fraud. Um, it it kind of happened at the end of, of 2014 that I, um, I, my district suddenly told me I could no longer go to NASP conventions. They wouldn't give me professional days. And I was so angry about that. And then they also told me, um, actually it was the year I won the School Psychologist of the Year Award, that they were so proud of me for winning it, so they were gonna give me more work to do because I could do even more work. And so I was assigned four schools instead of three like everybody else. And I, I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do the extra school with the depth of the work that I did everywhere else. And I was really upset and really, really angry. And, um, and my kids came home that Christmas 
uh, you know, adult kids. And they're like, mom, are you okay? Like, you're just not yourself. And I was like, I just can't seem to get past this anger, you know? And lo and behold, I got sick in, um, in, in January of 2015. And, um, turned out I got, I had atrial fib and I had this emergency hospitalization and I had an infection that it took them a while to find out what it was. And they, um, they said, uh, the doctors were like, you're gravely ill. And I was like really scared. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not supposed to be sick. I practice positive psychology. The research shows that if you practice positive psychology, you have good health. You know, I must be a fraud. Um, I can't get sick. And then, and that made me feel worse, you know, (laughs) and then, and then I, and then I was thinking about what positive psychology is all about. And I remembered one workshop that I went to that, um, pen medicine, uh, there's a pen, uh, mindfulness program, um, about, and it was about mindfulness, not necessarily positive psychology, but there was a question about if somebody has a gun and they're trying to kill you, um, do you, are you supposed to just like accept it at that moment and just, you know, go with the, go with the moment or shouldn't you fight back? And the um, presenter said, well, if you're going to die, like, I guess if you could do everything you can not to die, but if you're really going to die, do you want to spend that last moment fighting and being upset and angry? Or do you want to spend your last moments peaceful, reflecting on the good things in your life? And it was like a very strange thing at that at that conference. We were all like, wow, that is really, really weird. But I brought that to my hospital experience. And I was thinking, wow, if I am really gravely ill and if I'm really if I'm going to die, how do I want to spend these last days? I don't really want to spend them anxious. I want to spend them with a positive mindset. And so I started to look around and stop paying attention to myself. And I looked at the nurses And they were working so hard and they're like running around doing all this and, you know, be smiling and, you know, looking cheer. How are you? And so I started to ask them questions like, how are you? I started to say, oh, my goodness, you work so hard. Thank you so much. And they like looked at me like, what? Like nobody ever (laughs) says that. And um, and so then they started to visit me. because I would ask them about their life and their kids. And, and then they would say, oh, I'm asking to have you as my patient next tomorrow. And anyway, it just made the whole hospitalization. I was there for 18 days and actually made it so much better and really reinforced all my ideas about positive psychology because I, I really like changed my mindset and, and got an optimistic attributional style even optimistic for my last days of life, which actually didn't, I'm still here. So that's good. And I'm okay. Everybody don't have to worry about me. I'm okay now. Yeah. But it was this really interesting experience, you know, like kind of bittersweet, um, uh, which made me realize that, okay, so I did know bad things still happen to optimists and people practice positive psychology. But when we're in those situations, we really can use the tenets of positive psychology. And I guess gratitude is one that Mm -hmm. I used then, thinking about how grateful I was to the nurses and the doctors for all the care that they were giving and making them feel appreciated. And that turned it all around. So that is one thing I wanted to make sure I told everybody. 
Wow. I, I think you bring up a really good point, Terry, that perhaps our expectations can sometimes be that if we have a positive mindset, everything's always going to be perfect. And we really can set ourselves up for failure then because life, of course, has its challenges regardless of our exactly. mindset, just how we get through them. Right. And I think a, a criticism that I hear often of of what people think of positive psychology, yes. they think of it as, as positive thinking. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I, I do think there's an important distinction. It, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not taking a negative thing and trying to fix it in a positive box. It is, it's just realistic thinking. So when you're sick and you're in the hospital and nurses are taking care of you, you can either, you know, be miserable and focus on the anger and the worry and the suffering, or you can make connections with the nurses. And, and so it's, right. it's, it's, it's more realistic because you, you're there, you're getting care and you're, you're just trying to um, see the best of the moments that you can. So I think that's a great example of how, of how having a positive mindset isn't tricking yourself into mm -hmm. like, right. you know, unrealistically optimistic. It, it is just, it's just focusing on what's going well and what's, what's wonderful <coughs> about a, a moment. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, um, Dan Gilbert in his book, like stumbling on happiness talks about those kinds of ideas where when we're in like a negative situation, we should be aware of where we're putting our focus because there's probably things that are present that we're not seeing because of our negative focus. So yeah, Rebecca, when you said that about criticism about positive psychology, that and Eric, what you said too is really true. People think I don't believe in positive psychology because I feel bad right now. Right. And so that means I'm not doing what I'm like what I'm supposed to be doing to be a positive person. And so yeah. then there's something bigger wrong with me. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that is a big, a big, big point that, you know, uh, it's not the situations in your life that happen to you. It's it, that determine how you, how you're going to interact. It's how you think about them. And that brings me to one of the, um, the positive psychology activities that we did, which was about optimism. Mm. <clears throat> I have a little tickle. I'm so sorry. I have allergies. So I'm just going to take a little sip before I do that. Absolutely. I want to say too. Well, well, you're taking a, a little break. Okay, I'll take um, a bigger sip then. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know, there's. It's comforting. I like kind of a little bit of the discussion about. You know, there's some things that are out of our control, and to spend a lot of time kind of worrying or focusing on these things that are out of you know. You know, there's something that that is in your control. Even something I tell students sometimes right. about like studying for a test. Like you know, you can study, you can prepare. Like you need to do certain things to get yourself organized and get yourself in a good place. But at the end of the day, you know, the night before the test, you know, there's only so much time, you know, it's, it's out of your control. There's no point in laying in your bed and thinking about the test and not going to sleep and whirling your mind all up. You know, some things, you know, you have to kind of let it go and just say, okay, this is it. This is the situation. There's no point in freaking myself out. You know, let, let me spend, you know, let me focus on yeah. other things or, or have that more positive focus. And I think that it's a little bit, um, a, a kind of a relief or a release or something um, to to say, okay, I'm to the point now where, you know, there's no point in being negative. I, mm -hmm. I like that. 
That's right. And actually, that was those were some other strategies we used in our positive psychology club about positive <laughs> affect and test taking. Um, so, so, okay, I have, well, right now, I just started to work in the preschool. So I'm not really doing too much positive psychology work <laughs> in the preschool. Who knows? We'll see how I can I can infuse it there. But um, for the past many years, 15 years, I was in elementary school. And um, I had a traditional um, school psychology job where I did, you know, assessments and IEP writing and meetings and troubleshooting. And I really didn't have like time to do uh, counseling on an ongoing basis. But I always was interested in connecting with the kids. And so every year I would find some kids to kind of work with intermittently through the year. Um, and that's kind of how like the Positive Psychology Club started. Uh, there was a student that I was uh, working with a little bit and um, I kind of wanted to get him involved with more kids and more social things. So I, I asked, I said, hey, I want to start a Positive Psychology Club. Do you want to help me do that? And we invited kids to, to it and it was just during lunchtime. Um, it was actually kind of loose. It wasn't necessarily every week. I couldn't do it necessarily every week. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. Sometimes we did it twice a week um, and then not for three weeks. But um, we developed this, uh, a club. The few years we had the sort of a formal club. Other, other years I just do these strategies with kids like individually or, um, you know, kind of like, um, when, whenever we can do them. And it's not things that you have to do like in order. It are things that you can just uh, do now and then. And, um, and, and it's kind of like if you, if you learn about positive psychology and if it's in your way of thinking, you're just gonna be able to use it day to day. You know, like when you're talking with a kid, you're just gonna be able to pull a strategy out and use it at that moment. And Rebecca, you're nodding your head because you know what I mean. Like when you live positive psychology, that's like how it works. But for the club, we did some activities. And, um, and so what I, we, based, we based it on some of the themes that I thought were important in positive psychology. Like for instance, positive affect. That is um, being in a positive mental state and trying to um, focus on things that are positive as opposed to dwelling on the negative. And there's a lot of research that shows when people have positive affect um, that they actually can increase their attention and um, solve problems in more creative ways. And it, and this is kind of interesting with the research. There have been a whole bunch of different replications of studies like this where um, they put people in a good mood either by having them watch a, a happy video clip like Happy Feet or they give them a candy bar when they sign in. That's how they, how they um, get the positive affect. And then they have them do a task. And there's like control groups, no treat, you know, no candy or video and a candy or a video group. And they have them do word puzzles, mathematical problems, um, activities together, like kinesthetic activities. And, um, and they found that people come up with more creative solutions and um, better focused attention when they have the positive affect. And one, one experiment, this is with Barbara Fredrickson, her lab, um, she's from the University of North Carolina. Uh, she's one of my favorite positive psychology researchers. Uh, 
her lab was replicating this, this same kind of experiment. And um, all of a sudden, it did not work. The people in the candy bar group did not do better than the other people in the no candy bar group. And they were like, what is this? I don't understand. This always is replicated uh, correctly. So they debriefed the group in the candy bar group. And it turns out the candy bar group, they were suspicious. Like the person who gave them out the candy bar did it in a way of like, ooh, is this candy bar really? Um, is there something in it? Is this what the experiment is about? So they did not, they had they did not have positive affect. And in fact, they had more negative affect than the control group and the study didn't work, which is kind of kind of funny. So that would totally be me. I would be the suspicious one. Uh -huh, <laughs> I'm skeptical right, of everything. But all the other times the groups weren't suspicious. I think it was the way the person gave like, and here's your candy bar, you know, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. That's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So we tried to um, talk about the uh, positive affect to the students and um, try to get them in, uh, you know, thinking about what made them be in a good mood. And that was like some, some self-awareness, some self-reflection, thinking about, um, you know, what makes them happy. And, and when we talked about it, it was things like, you know, spending time with their family, uh, doing things with their friends, getting, being involved in sports and those kinds of things. And then we tried to, um, we did these things which, this is one of my favorite things, positivity portfolios. Have any of you ever heard of positivity portfolios? Um, so if you Google them, I guarantee you, you will be like, oh my gosh, this is really weird. Um, this sounds really hokey, but, but just let me, just let me explain it. Um, we had the kids make little, uh, like I actually have mine here. I brought mine to show you guys to make a little, a little bag thing, or you can do it virtually on your phone. And the idea is that you would, um, gather these items that make you feel happy. And you could do them, you could have a whole bunch of them for different positive emotions, like love, just happiness, friendship, curiosity, whatever, or you can have one. And then when you're starting to feel stressed, you pull out your positivity portfolio and you take each item out and you feel those feelings that you had when you put the thing in, when you, because you chose it, because it elicited some really great positive feelings. And um, we had the kids do this before they took tests. So Rachel, this is kind of getting to your, what my long story to get to your comment, um, before they, they took tests. And uh, I don't have research on it, but um, they definitely reported that they were like more relaxed taking the tests. And um, I had a, I, I did postdoc hours at PCOM after I got my doctorate degree. And um, I had a student who was a medical student who was who had failed the licensure step four times. So this is PCOM's a DO school. And there's like four steps that you have to take a test step one, step two, step three, step four. And she had to take the steps like three or four times before she passed them. And you might say, do I want a doctor that can't take these tests? But um, she actually really knew the stuff. She would just become really anxious about, about the test. And she passed, like, like on one of these things, there's maybe five different sections. 
she would pass four out of the five each time and but always get a one a different one that she didn't pass so she was she was african-american and as we went through counseling she began to tell me that she felt that people thought she really shouldn't have gone to med school because she was a minority and that she people were like you're just here because of affirmative action she started to like open up and share this and I always forget the name of it. What is it called? A stereotype bias research. There's stereotype threat. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. There's research that shows that, um, like, if, if people from minorities write down, check their ethnic box before they take like the GREs or something, they do worse in them than if they don't check that box. Then they check it at the end. So as I talked to her, I began to feel that maybe this was part of her problem, and I wanted her to. Um, I, I was like trying to come up with something to help her because she had failed this test. I think it was the third step three uh, four times. And it's like a thousand dollars each to take this test. So I was like, let's take, let's do a positivity portfolio. And she's like, what? And I explained the idea about a positivity portfolio. And first I said, let's do it for pride. And uh, that was not a culturally competent word to use because she said, I am, don't, don't want to be prideful. That's really something that my relig religion teaches me not to, not to be. And so then we talked some more and I was like, how about confidence? Let's make this a positivity portfolio about confidence. And so I told her to look back at her, at her elementary, high school and medical school and make a little, a little bag with things that, um, made her feel confident, like that showed when she did difficult things, she overcame obstacles. So she came in the next week with her bag and she was telling me about each of these things. And I could see that as she was telling me, her confidence was growing. I, I seriously, I could cry every time I think of this story. Um, she, she was just like, you can just see that she felt better and better about it. And then the week, I, so I gave her an assignment to do this every day um, or a few times a week before the test for like spend five minutes looking at this. And then she came in before the test and she's like, I don't feel really nervous right now. Like, that's weird. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm not sure I like this. And I was like, well, let's see what happens. Well, long story, believe it or not, she did pass the step test and she, um, and she, I said to her, so what do you think made the difference? And she said that thing you made me make, she goes, I hate to say it, because she was not, she was not really a cooperative counseling person. We had a great relationship, over, you know, over the over the few months. But she was like a tough cookie to crack, you know. Um, but uh, so I just was going to show you my positivity portfolio, uh, one of them, just so that you can see an example. We had the kids do these. Yeah. So this is a book. Whoops. I got to go the other way. Can you see it? The five little peppers. When I was a little kid. This was a book, I read the series, and it was really fun to read. So when I look at this book, uh, I think about my childhood memories and you know those kinds of happy things. Um, this is a little magnet from Puerto Rico. Uh, when I visited my school psychology friends in Puerto Rico, and when I look at this, I think about the beautiful, beautiful island and my, the, my wonderful friends, they were so hospitable. And, this is a picture of my mom and she's deceased now. Whoops. 
Am I going the right way? Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have to go the opposite way to the way I think. Okay. <laughs> um, That's got to be a metaphor for life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, this is my daughter used to make these little drawings. This is strawberry. Cute. The hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just this was um, my son when he was in third grade. He wrote about mutual funds. Oh. Um, he's he's a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. <laughs> so those are just some things that um, are in my positivity, one of my positivity portfolio bags. And so when yeah. I look at those things, it just really makes me feel happy, loved, you know, whatever, whatever is that bag is all about. And we had the kids do that before um, they took uh, some tests. And in fact, and again, it's not research. We had the whole fifth grade do that before um, the high stakes test in New Jersey. It was in New Jersey Park. Our scores were a little higher that year, I have to say, but we did not have a control group. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's hard to have a control group because you don't yeah. give them the benefit of this wonderful, this yeah. wonderful start. But, um, but that's so powerful. I like that mm. so much. And I really want to make my own positivity bag right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's sentimental and it's just wonderful. Just seeing yours makes me feel good. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, that's another thing about the positivity is that when you share positive things with other people, they respond in positive ways, which then makes them happier, have more positive affect, and then makes you have more positive affect. Yeah. Mm -hmm which is sort of what gratitude is about. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Thanksgiving time is a really great time. November is a really great time to do po uh, gratitude activities uh, with our positive psychology club. We did those. And I have, this was my favorite gratitude thing. This was, you didn't know this is going to be show and tell, right? <laughs> this was right. A, a stole of gratitude. Um, it's uh, when my son graduated from college, um, they gave these to the students and they said, give this to the person that you are most grateful to in your life. And so um, the graduates, you know, came out, the parents were there to greet them. And my son walks up to me and says, mom, I'm so grateful to you. I'm going, I would love you to have this stole of gratitude. And, um, and then it was really sweet after the graduation, as all the families were walking around, you saw parents with the stoles of gratitude and we'd smile at each other like isn't that wonderful we actually had the kids make these for their parents one year um, we bought red felt and cut them out like stoles and the kids gave them to their parents um but that was a really a, a, like a special thing to, for them to think about like who they were grateful to and what made them so grateful um, I think a lot of people know about gratitude activities, you know, and like all like the gratitude letters. Some of our kids wrote gratitude letters to bus drivers. That was really, really sweet. Um, the bus drivers feel really unappreciated sometimes, you know. So um, those were some of the activities we did with that. Uh, did you guys, well, Rebecca, you probably know about signature strengths or virtues in action, right? Because, you know, the Seligman stuff. Yes, yes, and I, I, I just want to put it, make a shout out to that. Um, so the VIA survey is online. You can, I, I believe it's viasurvey.org, but if you Google 
VIA survey. Uh, it is a free, um, about takes about 15 minutes once you register. And I believe you can do it from 10 years old to 99. And they have collected so many results now that it is really, it has a, a really strong evidence base basis. And so what they do, the VIA survey, it's based on Martin Seligman's giant tome uh, called Character, Strengths and Virtues. And what he did with some colleagues is um, survey all different cultures, all different languages and find uh, found out that of all cultures and languages, there are 24 human virtues and character strengths that that universally we appreciate as human beings as as being valuable and as evidence of mental wellness and, and psychological health. And so by taking the VIA survey, you just answer questions. Um, and at the end, it tells you your personal character strengths in order. And it was such a powerful exercise. I did it for myself. I did it for my all four <coughs> children and my husband. And it was just, just a wonderful way to discuss, you know, what we value and what we believe in. And I will tell you also, my number one character strength was bravery. And Ooh. really, because I, I constantly feel a little nervous, <laughs> you know, like I'm constantly doing the thing that I'm not sure that I can do. And mm -hmm. when, when I took that test and I got that result, I thought, well, yes, I, I am brave because I'm, I'm worried because I'm scared and it, it doesn't stop me. And so just reframing myself with this mm -hmm. vision of I am a brave person. It's it's okay that I feel scared. It was so powerful and right. helpful to, to everything. And so I recommend that yeah. everyone take the survey and then once you do, tell us your top three strengths. I'm really interested. Um, and it's a, it's a great thing to do and a great conversation starter with friends and family. Yeah, you know, I think you do have a lot of bravery or courage. Just because you get nervous doesn't mean you're not brave. Right. It's like if you do what you're, what, what you, are afraid to do they're still brave yeah yeah that is so great yeah, well we we taught the kids about the um the signature strengths and mm -hmm. well we call them signature strengths um right. and um we kind of like narrowed it down to like six of them i think the way that how many did you say there rebecca like 24 or something they group them kind of into uh, categorize them together into themes. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the ones we talked about were courage, which is bravery, justice, temperance, wisdom, transcendence, and humanity. And we, um, we didn't want to have them take the test because we weren't getting parents permission for all this stuff. So we just kind of uh, some kind of made our own little questions for the kids, like for bravery, um, or courage, a strength that involves accomplishing a goal, even when you're faced with a challenge. That's you, Rebecca, for sure. Um, you know, and then, uh, do you stand up for what you believe in, even if it's unpopular? So like, mm -hmm. so it wasn't just like, are you not afraid to do things? Right. It was kind of, so we asked a series of questions. We kind of made a little, a little document. And um, the kids were really intrigued by this, thinking about which strengths that they had. And uh, actually, one time we did this around, thank, around Halloween, and uh, they all decided they didn't have pe temperance because they were eating too much of their Halloween candy. You know, so we, we always had a little sense of humor as we did this. And, um, and I told them one of my highest uh, signature strengths was transcendence. 
um, sort of like that. It's a strength that connects you to the larger universe. And it's got to do with like hope and, and, and humor and those kinds of things. Yeah. But I was telling them, the students, that transcendence was mine, my, my strongest strength. In there. And I was trying to explain it to them like, oh, if you stand on top of a hill and you just look out and go, oh, it's so beautiful. I feel bliss. And they're like, what? And so, so the next, the next week we came in, I'll never forget this little boy, Nolan was his name. He's like, Dr. Molly, Dr. Molly, I had transcendence. And everyone's like, what? You had transcendence? What happened? And he yeah. said, I was riding my bike home for dinner after baseball practice and the sun was setting and I looked up in the sky and it was pink and swirly and I just stopped. And I just felt so peaceful and happy. And it was just so wonderful. And everybody was just looking at him and said, I want transcendence. And the next week, all the kids had a transcendent experience. <laughs> and I, I think that would make my whole, I love kids. My whole career worthwhile. <laughs> that I, I helped kids have a transcendent experience, you know? <clears throat> so it was so much fun talking about these and we um we, we had them identify the ones that they were strongest in and then we had them think about hmm are there other ones that you might want to develop or uh think about uh if you what which ones you notice in other people and and we did bulletin boards for each of our themes too in fact it's kind of funny in our school teachers are assigned bulletin boards and i'm not i wasn't so the teachers would love it. I would offer to do a bulletin board in different sections with like a positive psychology thing. And we had, I think one year, like we had snowflakes um, for the signature strengths. And we put all like the six different titles and we put um, the people snowflakes under which uh, signature strength that they had. And the, um, the teachers did it too. And students thought that was really fun. And then we would take students, like put other ones up and kind of keep it moving. But that was a really, really fun thing to do. And, you know, some of these things can be used academically. Like we talked to some of the teachers about this and they had kids do writing assignments based on these signature strengths and the books that they were reading. Um, and, uh, and actually, we worked with the art teacher one year about signature strengths and he was having them do self-portraits. And so... They, they did a self-portrait based on what their signature strength was. So there's like all sorts of ways, once you kind of get the ideas that you could, you could do this and be really creative. Um, one other thing I wanted to share, if it's okay, is um, about optimism. And we spent um, a lot of time on optimism. And we, we kind of explained it to the kids, tried to explain it to the kids with examples that it's not what happens, but it's how you think about what happens that determines if you're going to have an optimistic style or a pessimistic style. And it took them a little while to get that. And we, we had to say, we would say like, okay, you come home from school and your mother says, um, you can't, your friend asked you to go to their house, but your mother says you can't go until you clean your room. And so you clean your room really fast and then you get to go to your friends. But you were like, dis you were disappointed you didn't go right away, but you got to go. Is that optimistic or pessimistic? And they'd be like, oh, pessimistic. You didn't get to go to your friends. You know, you had to clean your room. And we're like, nope, 
nope. It's like how you think about it. And so we, we like had to break it down. And then they finally got the idea that there was a situation. And then you can either have an optimistic style of thinking or a pessimistic style of thinking. So if your friend invites you to your house and your mom says, you can't go until you clean your room, what's the pessimistic style? Oh, I can't go to my friends. Never, I never get to have any fun, blah, 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 blah. But the optimistic one is, oh, if I clean my room really fast, I can go play with my friend. And, um, and we, we showed them like these styles that if people say always and never, that's usually like sort of a negative and a, a pessimistic style where um, pessimists think that bad things happen to them all the time in all aspects of their life. Whereas optimistics th think that bad things happen to them once in a while um, and just, just at that time. So, um, so it was so much fun. We had like a we did role plays. We would first, we did like thumbs up or is that optimistic or pessimistic thumbs up, thumbs down. And then we, um, we did, uh, role plays and then we had them make up the scenarios like, uh, and so what, what would be the optimistic attribution? What would be the pessimistic? And my favorite, my favorite real life example of this was this little boy who did have some behavior problems. He was kind of impulsive and he would get kind of angry quick. Um, one day he like dropped his lunch and all, everything fell out of it. And I think something might've spilled. And so he, um, his teacher said to me, like, I can't believe it. He didn't get mad. You know, like it was, it was really cool about it. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then he saw me, the kid saw me a couple days later and he goes, he said, Dr. Maloney, I was an optimist. And I was like, oh, what happened? And he said, I dropped my lunch and I was gonna, I was so mad I was gonna throw something because I spilled my whatever. And then I thought to myself, oh, I won't be able to go to recess if I throw that. And then he's like, oh, I'll be an optimist. And he said, hmm. <laughs> At least I know what's in my lunchbox today. At least I know what I'm going to have for lunch. <laughs> and so I'm like, that is so great. And so he didn't get upset. He didn't get in trouble. And he was felt pretty good that he knew what, what he could look forward to for lunch. So it was, it's, I really think that it's really gratifying that like we can teach this to kids and they can definitely um, like, like think about it if we, I, I like to give them the real vocabulary about it too. Just flow. Just let me tell you about flow for one second. We presented the idea of flow to kids and um, the idea about like being, you know, in the moment with immediate feedback. You, you, it's a challenge, but it's interesting and you have the skills to do it, which, what does that sound like anyway? Video games, right? Not homework. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, uh, we talked about this and I actually have this little graphic that shows, shows it. And, um, the kids weren't really getting it, like what being in the flow meant. And this one little boy who was, um, he was actually the one that was in special education. So he kind of did the worst in school than the others, but he got, he got the idea and he said, wait a second. I think I know what you mean. When I play football, I think I'm in the flow. He said, like I, when I was learning, I don't think I was in the flow. But now, as soon as the game starts, I'm just like, mm, let me do this, let me do this. Ooh, oh, I'm really, in, I'm really enjoying it. And then when the game's over, it's like it felt like two seconds. 
And everybody looked at him and said, oh, that's what it means. And they all talked about flow in their own lives. They, they did understand it. My examples didn't teach them. It was their, you know, kid to kid examples that, that helped them to understand. And, and it was interesting because like one girl thought that she was in the flow when she did math homework, but other students weren't. Um, and, uh, and we talked about what, what school experiences created flow for them. And we actually, that one little boy who, um, was in the flow at football, we did a little, a little, um, self-advocacy thing with him. And he, he spoke to his teacher about, can I do a project instead of a test? Because last time I did a project, these are all the things that I learned. And, um, and so she let him do a project instead of a test. So it really, really helped him, I think, to feel good about his skills and his learning and, and take an active step in that direction. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about those activities and things? I think they're sound awesome. Okay? Yeah, they sound great. And we have a lot of comments yeah. from viewers who are feeling super positive themselves and thinking about their kids. Oh, good. Marina says, I have a six-year-old who I work with who has anxiety that overwhelms him. Um, he's also super smart. My mind is reeling with using this uh, framework with him. And mm -hmm. I, I was thinking as you were talking, Terry, it's such a great um, sort of easy framework to teach kids about cognitive distortions for, mm -hmm. for those of us who use yes. the CBT framework to teach them about not falling into those thinking traps of, of you know, negative filter, black and white thinking over what over generalization. Um, and it's just simple. It's, it's either, you know, optimistic or or pessimistic. So. I, I just love what you're saying, and I think yeah. it's so powerful. And if we can get kids to to catch their their negativity, to catch their distorted thinking, and and shift to a more realistic, more positive thought, how powerful that could be for for whatever they want to tackle, for whatever goals they have. Mm -hmm. It really speaks to building resilience too. You know how we interpret traumatic events, um, not to minimize the events that we experience, but just to build resilience to get through our coping skills and how we interpret mm -hmm. what's happening and um, that positivity when, when we need it. Um, a couple of people have commented that uh, the stress of the hurricane, you know, our Florida school psych. So I really want to, you know, acknowledge um, that emotionally. Mm. All of us are thinking about you. Um, and uh, yeah. keeping you, lifting you up in thoughts and prayers. And, um, mm -hmm. and you know, I know people come together when uh, bad things and disasters happen. So I hope that people will reach out and um, there'll be support uh, as needed and if needed. But um, as you're thinking about starting yeah. the school year with that kind of stress, you know, that just adds pressure, so. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess just to kind of pull it together, I don't know that I think that um, all of the ideas about positive psychology are like totally new or revolutionary. They're all sort of related to, you know, aspects of resiliency, you know, mindfulness, CBT, but I love it. I, I feel like that it comes at it from a different way. And, and everybody might have things like a positivity portfolio, like memory boxes, or you look at pictures and it makes you feel good. But I think that the, the, the suggestion from positive psychology is to just 
like pay attention to doing that a little bit more mm -hmm. um, and, and to like pull it out that positivity portfolio um, when, when you need it and not just kind of be aware that you have like pictures that make you happy. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's active. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I did want to also mention that for anyone interested in checking out the VIA survey, I posted the link in the YouTube chat. I will post it under comments on the Facebook page under this, under this broadcast. But you can also set up an educator page and share with your parents links to your page so that when parents um, set their child up for taking the survey, you get the results and you can work on them in school. So it's, it's very user friendly for educators, for teachers or school psychologists. And I did it with um, sixth graders once and it was just wonderful. So I, I want to uh, mention mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, let's see. So yeah, we're short on time. So any last questions, if you guys can post them. Um, our new, I've also wanted to try something different. I was fooling with the, <laughs> with the side here. Um, our, our little streaming platform allows me to kind of project, I think, some of the comments. So I was thinking we have a lot of nice positive comments. And so I'm gonna like project some of them up here and we'll, we'll see how that, if I could do that correctly. But, um, and maybe I'll read them out too for, thank you all be putting together my positive bag great strategy so that was a good one um you had people just saying that your that your story was you know sweet and powerful so that's good so thank you for the comments guys um yes, thank you you know just people saying oh, it's that's, fabulous that's my friend john Mastino. <laughs> Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, people are just really excited for this. And I thought that that would be, um, um, yeah. you know, cool to highlight some of the, that. I think that people are connecting with what you have to say uh, and um, are going to take some of this with them and really start to uh, use some of the stuff. Great. And, you know, a lot of the things that you talked about, um, I wouldn't have said before that I practiced positive psychology or try to impart that on other people, but I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, so I right? make it feel better. That yeah. I'm a little bit more of a positive person than I thought I was. <laughs> See that? Yes, you probably are. You know, there's we that, just Rachel. a couple of It's hanging out with the bunch of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. It really yeah, is. You yeah. know what? I was just well thinking said. about a couple of resources um, too. Um, there's a positivity index, which is a kind of interesting um, uh, survey to take. It's uh, by Barbara Fredrickson, and um, it's it's like dynamic. You can take it like as often as you want, and it tells you. So the the, the suggestion is you're supposed to have a ratio of of a three to one ratio of positive to negative events in a given day. And you can take that regularly, it's online, um, to see how it's going for you. Uh, a couple of really good websites, I think, are the Greater Good um, mm -hmm. uh, Science Center. Uh, at the, I think it's the University of California at Berkeley. Um, that's really good. And I really think that, um, what is it, Rick Hansen, uh, he's also from California. Uh, he has, he has um, a lot of good information and he has this, this thing I get an, an email every so often. Uh, just, oh, what's it called? Just one, 
moment or something like that. And he gives you like a little, a little something to think about that day. Um, mm-hmm. I think that those are really good resources. And you know what? Years ago, uh, one of my fabulous interns, Maureen Henwood, and I published a whole bunch of activities in the communique about positive psychology activities. So if you go to the NAS website and you go to the communique and Google my name, there's a whole lot of, of, of different things that come up for all these different themes I've talked about today. That's awesome. I refer people to a previous podcast. Um, we had a podcast with Scott Barry Kaufman, Dr. Mm-hmm. Scott Barry Kaufman. He um, is currently at Barnard College, but he was at UPenn then. And um, we talked a lot about positive psychology in that episode. So if you're interested in this topic, please refer back to that one as well. Yeah. Awesome. Good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, I want to point out before we close out that our next episode looks like it's next week. We are, I guess, overachievers. Look at that. Um, with Dr. Lisa Kelly Vance. So super excited for that one as well. Um, and the topic's going to be self care. So that might be a good, um, a good topic to hit at the start of the year. And you know, following our positive. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And thank you for everyone out there in internet land um, who's listening. I really, really appreciate it. Anybody wants to email me um, any thoughts or questions, uh, T-E-R-A-V-I-D at yahoo.com, teravid at yahoo.com. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for coming with us. We, we're, we're thankful to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your school year, but we'll be back next week. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck to everybody. Good luck, everyone.